Well, good morning and welcome back to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. Again, we are so thankful to have you with us, whether you're here in the courtyard or whether you are in our live stream audience. Um, just a couple things before we get started with our sermon here this morning. Uh, I want to send a quick shout out to my father who is in Illinois. He actually spent a good part of his night last night in the emergency room uh, due to some complications that he had from a procedure that he had last week. So I uh, just want to say, Dad, miss you, love you, praying for you, and I hope you are feeling better very soon. Um, also, another special announcement. I was just given a note, and unfortunately, I don't have all of the details, but last night, uh, we had a couple of baptisms last night. Uh, we had a gentleman named Matt and a lady named Kay that were baptized. We'll get the details out to you soon. Um, I was just handed that just a few minutes before I walked up, so I don't have the rest, but we are very thankful for that. We want to ask you to be in prayers for them as well. Well, this morning, we are going to launch into our last part of our Philippians series. Now, this was originally going to be two sermons uh, this week and next week, but as you heard Michael say earlier, um, we're really excited that next week we're going to have a family worship and get some of our young kids involved, and then our family minister, uh, children's minister, Glenn Alsop Jr., is going to bring the message next week. So I'm happy to step aside and let him do that next week. So we're going to kind of combine these last two lessons from the book of Philippians into one. So I hope that you're comfortable. I hope you brought a nice cold drink because we're going to be here for a while. Just kidding, that's not the case. Um, but we are going to go through this last section of the book of Philippians. And I hope that you have enjoyed this walk through the book of Philippians that we've been on. And I hope that he, I was either able to bring some things out that you've never thought of, or maybe just remind you of some of the important things from this book. It's a really amazing book of scripture, and there's just so much that we can gain from such a short book of the Bible. So I hope that you've enjoyed that, and let's launch into today's lesson as we finish up the book of Philippians. So today, we're going to focus on Philippians chapter 4. We're going to start in verses 8 and go all the way through verse 19. So again, buckle up. We got a lot to do today. As you may or may not remember, we're reading the book of Philippians because of the fact that Paul reminds us to always have joy and thanksgiving in our hearts despite our circumstances. And that's really, really important because Paul wrote this letter while he was sitting in a prison cell. But he didn't let that stop him from having the joy of Jesus Christ in his heart, thanksgiving in his heart, and to continue the work of the gospel. And that's that same situation that we find ourselves in with COVID and this pandemic that we're dealing with. You know, the, the governor sent down new restrictions again this week, which is why, unfortunately, the auditorium is empty. But I'm thankful that the church is certainly not closed. And that's evidenced by the number of people that are out in our courtyard, as well as the number of you who are at home on our live stream services. So let's go ahead and just jump right into Philippians. If you want to open your Bibles, Philippians, we're going to start in verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, it says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. So as you can see, Paul is starting to wrap this letter up, right? He's, he's, he wants to give them some things to think about. He wants to leave them with their quote-unquote takeaways like we do each week with our lessons. So here's some eight key words that I want you to consider from this first verse that we looked at today. True, worthy, just, pure honest, noble, right, and holy. Now, the, these are some really great words to think about and some really good descriptor words that I want you to think about. What if 
someone were to describe you using these eight words. So think about that. Can you live up to these eight words? Are these eight words things that you're focusing on on a daily basis? Now, for some of us, maybe we can pick out two or three of these words or four or five of these words, or or maybe you can say, hey, all eight of these words describe me. That's fantastic. But these are really, really important words for us to think about. And this is what Paul is trying to remind us of as he wraps up this letter, that this is where our focus should be. And I know we've talked a lot about focus during this series, but it's so important that we put those first things first and that we focus on the things of God and that we put the kingdom first. And by focusing on these eight words, Paul reminds us that we can do that. Now, just as a little side note, excellent uh, equals virtue in the Greek language. And that's important that we understand how these words kind of relate back to the original language. So what if, here's my challenge for you, because I always try and give you a what if or a challenge statement. What if you took those eight words, and you know, this time of the year, we're, we're making a lot of lists. Right, A lot of you were this weekend or maybe last week's, for those of you who are ahead of the game, you're making your grocery list right for Thanksgiving. And we're starting to think about uh, birthday lists and Christmas lists and New Year's resolutions and all these types of lists. Lists are kind of in the front of our mind right now, right? We all know the song, he's making a list, he's checking it twice, right? So we're making lists. Well, what if we took the time while we're making lists to think about what are some things that I'm going to focus on, not only as we move into Thanksgiving, but as I move forward into this new year? Because see, just like we get every, every kind of Monday with our work week, we kind of get that clean slate, we're going to wipe away 2020 pretty soon, and we're going to focus on 2021. And I don't know what that's going to look like. I hope and pray it's very different than what 2020 looks like, but I don't know. Maybe it's going to be similar. Maybe it's going to be different. But here's the thing. We can't control exactly what 2020 is, 2021 will look like. We can't. We don't know if we'll still be in the midst of a pandemic. We don't know if we'll still be on lockdown. We may have more restrictions. We may have less restrictions. We can't control that part of it. But what we can control is how we react to that. And we can control the fact that we want to keep growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to continue to look for ways, just like Paul did, to find joy despite our circumstances. What a great time to start focusing on these eight words that Paul reminds us of. Now, I put some pictures up on the screen for you, and maybe this will resonate with some of you. Maybe you're the kind of person that likes to put a sticky note on the fridge. Or maybe you like to write notes on the mirror and you like to stick them on the mirror. Or maybe you're one of these people that, that, you know, writes on the mirror, uh, little reminders to yourself, pick up the kids today, doctor's appointment, whatever the case may be. Or, and I think we all have one, you've got your smartphone. What if you wrote these eight words down and you truly focused on these eight words? What would that do for your relationship with Jesus Christ? What would that do for your relationship with Jesus Christ? What would that do for you as a Christian if you made your focus in this new year that's coming up on these eight words that Paul reminds us of that are so important? And see, that's exactly what he's doing to the church in Philippi. He's giving them things to think about and things to focus on. And like we talked about last week, we like to say that we're multitaskers and, and we may be able to do two or three things at a time, but where's our focus? Because see, where your focus is, that's where your heart will be. Where your focus is, is where your heart will be. So if you're focusing on these things that Paul reminds us about, then that's where your focus is going to be. 
instead of focusing on some of these negative things or, or these things that you feel like may be holding you back. Let's look at a, at a verse in Colossians. So I'm going to ask you to flip over, not too far, thank goodness, but I'm going to ask you to flip over to Colossians chapter 3, and we're going to pick up in verse 1. And I think this is another great reminder for us. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. It says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So again, we're reminded, set your mind on the things of heaven. Set your mind on Christ. Set your mind on righteousness. And all of these other things will drift away or be pushed to the back burner. Let's pick up in, back in Philippians chapter 4. Let's pick up in verse 9. It says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. See, Paul is urging them to imitate the things that you've seen me do. Imitate the things that you see me play out in my own life and that will help you grow closer to Jesus Christ. Now, I think this is a powerful thing because Paul has said this in others of his, of his epistles as well, where he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? Think about that for just a second. Paul is urging these people, be like me. So he, he's very secure in his walk with Christ. He, he's very proud of his walk with Christ. I want to I challenge you this morning to think about this in your own life. Are you a good example for Jesus Christ? Would you be willing to say, just like Paul did, if you want to follow Jesus, act the way that I act? Now, that, that's kind of a tough pill to swallow if you think about it. Think about it if someone was going to emulate your life, would that bring them closer to or farther away from Jesus Christ? Paul was very confident that, hey, follow me and you'll get closer to Jesus. Are we living that same life? Are we living that same life for Jesus that we want to say, hey, act like me, follow me as I follow him. And that that would bring people closer to Jesus Christ. Something to think about. See, we've got to keep pressing on to that goal. We have to keep pressing on to that goal, which is to be more Christ-like and to have that eternal home with Jesus in heaven. We've got to make sure that we never give up. This has been a hard year. This has been a difficult year for all of us. It's been hard for me. I know it's been hard for you. It's been hard for the person sitting next to you and the person sitting across from you. It's been a hard year. Let's just be honest. But we can't give up and we can't stop doing the work of the kingdom because of the circumstances that are around us. I'm very proud of our church this year. Because yes, we've had to close the doors at times, but the church has never closed and never stopped advancing the kingdom. We've found new ways to do Bible studies. We've found better and, and more advanced ways to do our live stream to where we're reaching more people. We didn't let our circumstances stop us, just like Paul didn't let his circumstances stop him. And we've got to remember the things that we've learned. And see, Paul is urging them, don't forget the things that I taught you. Have you ever heard that old saying, you knew better? 
He's saying, hey, you know now. You know those things that are going to help you get closer to Jesus Christ. Don't forget them. And I love that he's reiterating this at the end of his letter as he gets ready to close out. Uh, let's flip over uh, again, to Gal- or this time to Galatians, Galatians 6, 9. So flip over to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. These, these books are all semi-close to each other, so it should be fairly easy. But it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. See, we can't give up. And Paul's urging them, look, you're on the right track. Now don't give up, just keep going. You've all heard that saying, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. It's not how we start our walk with Christ. It's not how we begin that journey towards attaining the kingdom of heaven. It's how we finish that journey. And see, we got to finish that journey by never, ever, ever giving up. See, Paul had a couple of goals, and we'll talk about his goals kind of throughout this letter, but Paul had some goals with this letter. There was a reason for this letter, and he wanted to, he wanted to express appreciation for their gifts. See, they, they had given Paul some, some support and some, some monetary support to help him along his journeys, and he wanted to make sure to, to say thank you to them. Because remember, Paul's sitting in prison. He doesn't know what his future holds. He doesn't know how many more days he'll even be in prison because he fears he may be executed so he wants to make sure that he reaches out to say, thank you so much. Thank you for those gifts that you've given. As we, as we get ready to, to, to celebrate Thanksgiving this week, we start to think about the things that we've been given. You know, we've, we've, been, we've been given this beautiful place that we have to live in, and we have, we have homes, and we have cars to get us to work, and we have food on the table, and we have family, and we have friends. But let's not forget that we have Jesus, which is the greatest gift we could have ever been given. And see, Paul is thanking them for these gifts. He's setting that example of of that thankfulness in his heart and thanking them for the things that he did. But he also wants to emphasize that, yes, you, you gave him some monetary gifts, but we don't rely on monetary gifts. We rely on God to see us through. And maybe you've been in that situation before. I know that I have. I know that I have. It's a week till payday, the bank account's empty, you're wondering how you're going to put food on the table, but, but somehow God just provides, and God sees you through. And see, Paul is saying, hey, that was great that you helped me financially, that, that was a big help, I appreciate it, thank you so much. But don't, we don't want to rely on gifts from other people, we want to rely on the gifts that we get from God. Let's pick up in verses 10 and 11. Verses 10 and 11, it says, I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever my circumstances He's saying, thank you so much for caring about me. Thank you so much for loving me. Because that's just as important as those financial gifts that you provided for me. What a great reminder that he sent to the church and that I want to remind us of. Are we thankful for each other? Are we thankful that we have each other to lean on? Are we thankful that we have each other to pray for one another, to have fellowship with one another, to have friendships with one another? Or do we sometimes take that for granted? 
if there's one thing that maybe COVID has reminded us, it's, it's how much we love each other and how much we have this desire to be together. That's why we have people out in our courtyard today when they could have been at home watching because they wanted to be together. They wanted to be in fellowship. And I know that not everybody can do that during these times, but, but that just tells you that we need each other. And Paul is setting that example of saying, thank you so much. Not just for the spirit, not just for the, the financial gifts, but thank you for your concern and your care and your love and your prayers while I'm going through this difficult time. See, his goal was to express his joy and his encouragement. See, Paul still has that joy in his heart. He's still encouraging even though he's in prison. And he also wanted to let them know, look, I'm not asking for any more money. I just want you to know that I'm thankful for what you did for me. That, that, that just spirit of thanksgiving, that heart of thankfulness that Paul remembers, despite his circumstances of sitting in prison in chains, he still wants to let people know how much he appreciates them. Let's keep moving forward to Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. Verse 12, it says, I learned what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. It says, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 is a memory verse for most of us. And I, and I think it's one that most of us can just quote off the top of our head. It's one that we teach our kids when they're young. But here's the problem. It's one of the most commonly misquoted verses of the Bible. This and where two or three are gathered in my name are probably the two most frequently misquoted verses in the Bible. Especially the two or three are gathered in my name. That one is like nails on the chalkboard. If you're not familiar with the where two or three are gathered in my name, they're actually talking about church discipline. It's got nothing to do with how many people are there because God is with you even when you're by yourself. But, but I want to focus on Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. See, when you take away verse 12, you can make Philippians 4, 13 mean whatever you want it to mean. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So you're saying I can go out in the car and I can go out in the parking lot and lift a car? You're saying I can go out and climb a mountain? You're saying I can do anything if I just believe in Christ? There's nothing wrong with the sentiment of that. But when we take away verse 12, now we've pulled verse 13 out by itself and we've used it to mean whatever we want it to mean. And that's where it gets dangerous. See, that's where when we start taking verses out of context, we can get ourselves in trouble. Because you can pull verses from here and there throughout the Bible, one verse at a time, two verses at a time, take them out of the context that they're found in, and you can make it say pretty much anything you want. You can make a case for pretty much any doctrine that you want by pulling from here and there and over here. Entire churches, entire religions, entire denominations have been founded on that very same principle. So we have to be careful, right? We have to make sure that we do our proper exegesis in order to make sure that we're not taking verses out of context. Now, the Bible should give us hope and it should give us encouragement that, yes, we can do all things when we have Jesus on our side, but let's understand what that means. Paul is talking about the fact that when he was in need, he still looked to Jesus. And when he had plenty, he still looked to Jesus. 
And when he was hungry, he still looked to Jesus. And when he had plenty of food, he still looked to Jesus. That's what I can do all things through Christ means. It means that I can still be a faithful follower of Jesus despite my circumstances. And it's important that we understand that, that we understand what this verse means to us as Christians, whether it's this verse or, again, one of the other verses that we hear commonly thrown around. Let's make sure that we're doing our homework. Let's make sure that we're quoting these in proper contexts. Because if we don't, it can be dangerous. We've got to look at what did the author intend. And we know at this point he intended for Paul to make the point that, hey, I've done it. When I'm hungry, I've done it when I'm full. I've done it when I'm poor. I've done it when I have money. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let's jump ahead to verse 14. It says, Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. It says, Moreover, as you, Philippians, know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, it says, When I set out from Macedonia... Not one church shared with me in the matters of giving and receiving except you only. So he's building the church up. He's saying, look, you guys were there for me. Even when nobody else was there for me, you guys were there for me. And you helped me to spread the gospel. Let's jump ahead to verse 16. It says, for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. It says, not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. He's saying, look, I I appreciate those financial gifts that you gave me. I do. They meant the world to me. And I'm not asking for any more money. What I want is for you to continue to grow in your faith. I want you to continue to grow in your relationship with Jesus. I want you to continue to grow your church as you work together to move towards the kingdom. That's what he's talking about. Verse 18 and 19 says, I've received full payment and have more than enough. It says, I'm amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus (laughs) this gift that you sent, it says, They are a fragrant offering and acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. He's saying, thank you. I have plenty. I have all that I need. But you're going to benefit from this, from your giving. Just a few minutes ago, Ken talked about, you know, the Lord loveth a cheerful giver, and he does. And Paul is basically saying, look, you're going to be rewarded for being willing to share with me so that I can continue to advance the gospel. Because you're supporting me as I support the message of Jesus Christ, you're going to be, you're going to gain. And he reminds us that God will meet all of our needs. We have to be faithful to him and we have to count on him and we have to understand that he's more powerful and knowledgeable than we could ever be. And he's going to take care of our needs. And we're not promised an easy life here, but one day we'll live in a perfect life with him. So what are the things that I want you to remember? What are the things that I want you to take away from our time together today? And I know we went through a lot today. I would have loved to have made that two separate lessons, but for time purposes... As we get ready to head into this this Thanksgiving holiday, it's not going to look the way we want it to look. It's just not. 
we, we can't have the huge family gatherings that we may want to have, or, or maybe we can't travel the way we would like to travel this holiday season. Don't let that be your focus. Don't focus on those things that you can't do this holiday season. Focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on that amazing gift that he's given you. Focus on the things that you do have. Be thankful for the people that you can be together with this year. Be thankful that we have the technology that maybe the people you can't be together physically with, you can have a Zoom session with them, or you can Skype them, or you can FaceTime them. Focus on the things that you do have and rejoice in the most amazing gift that you could have ever been given. And that was the fact that God sent his son to the earth so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. Trust in God. Because see, when you put your trust in God, it doesn't matter who gets elected. It doesn't matter what decisions our governor is making. Our trust is in something higher and more important than that. It's more important than politics. It's God and the amazing things that he can and will do for you if you'll just believe in him. And just be thankful in all seasons. I I get it. November rolls around and we start thinking about Thanksgiving and, and we start posting on our social media each day the things that we're thankful for. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a great thing to do. But what I want to encourage you to do is don't make that a November thing. Don't only stop to think about the things that you're thankful for in November. Think about that all the time. We've been given such an amazing gift. We have such an amazing gift in Jesus Christ. And that's the one thing that we can be thankful for even when we feel like our world is falling apart. And you say, I, I just can't take this anymore. This COVID thing is driving me crazy. This lockdown is driving me crazy. Maybe you don't like wearing a mask every time you go outside. Maybe you're like me and you get out of the car and you forget your mask and you have to go back every time to the truck to get your mask, to go into the store. But don't focus on those things. Don't let those things become all-consuming. Be like Paul. Despite my circumstances, I'm going to find joy in Jesus Christ. Despite my circumstances, I'm going to be thankful in every season for Jesus Christ and for our church family and for our real families and for the fact that we have food to eat and we have shelter over our heads. Be thankful in all seasons. And that's the example that Paul has set for us. As he's wrapping up this letter, as he's finishing up this this dialogue with the church at Philippi, he reminds us to be joyful and to be thankful. And that's what I want you to remember today. In just a moment, we're going to have a song of invitation, and you're going to have an opportunity to just kind of reflect. Just reflect on where you're at in your walk with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never been baptized Maybe you've never had that chance to be baptized for the remission of sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have an opportunity to do that today. If you're here, you can come inside and do that right after services. If you're at our at-home audience, email me at Aaron, uh, Aaron at mbchurch.org. Be happy to make an appointment with you or meet you here right after service, and we can get that taken care of today. Or maybe, maybe you've been a Christian your whole life and you've just lost your focus on the things that are important because of all this craziness that's going on in the world right now. What a great opportunity for you to get your life right with Jesus Christ today. 
Why wait till tomorrow? Tomorrow's not promised. Take advantage of that today. We're happy to talk to you. We're happy to pray with you and for you. But don't wait. Get your life right with Jesus today and have something to truly be thankful for this week. We're going to ask you all to stand wherever you may be and sing with us this song of invitation. You give and take away. You give and take away. My heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. Well, again, we want to thank you so much for joining us here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. And again, we'd just like to wish all of you a very happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday this week, especially if you're traveling. Just take care, take the precautions, be safe. And we can't wait to see you guys either here in the courtyard or online next Sunday at 1015 for our children's worship and at 1030 for our family worship service. So again, thank you so much for joining us and please join me in a word of closing prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day and we thank you for this opportunity that we had to come together today to sing some songs of praise unto you, to partake in the communion service as a family, and to just learn another portion of your word. Heavenly Father, help us to be like Paul this week. Help us to just find joy despite our circumstances and help us to always approach your throne with a thankful heart for all of the many amazing things that you've done for us, for all the things that we're truly blessed with. And most of all, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much today and every day, for sending your son so that he might come to this earth to live as a man and to die that painful and cruel death on the cross, not because we were deserving, but because of your great love for us so that we might have that chance of a right relationship with you and an eternity in heaven. Heavenly Father, as we get ready to go our separate ways, just be with us, guide, guard, and direct us. Thank you so much. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us We seek your kingdom first We hunger and we thirst Refuse to waste our lives For you're our joy and prize To see the captive's hearts released The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace We lay down our lives for heaven's cause We are your church We pray revive this earth Let the darkness fear, show your mind.
mighty hand Heal our streets and land Set your church on fire Win this nation back Change the atmosphere Build your kingdom here We pray Unleash your kingdom's power Reaching the near